Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. The legends at Pertech are a fabulous sponsor of Andy Raymond Unfiltered and super proud of their Protect range of products. Biodegradable and environmentally friendly, the lanolin range is Australian made too. The Protect range of products is available from the 107 Pertech stores Australia wide. Check out all the details on their extensive range of Protect products at pertech.com.au. Thanks, Pertech, for your continued support of Unfiltered. Welcome to another edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the only rugby league podcast that talks with the legends and not about them. This is Best Of, a look at one of the game's greats from their Legend Series interview already in our library of legends. None of our interviews or episodes ever date. This one is with a guy who was named in the New Zealand Team of the Century in 2007, a three-time New Zealand Rugby League Player of the Year, a Golden Boot winner and the first man to captain the Warriors into an NRL Grand Final. He played 46 test matches for his country and all up 365 games. He is a Hall of Famer. This is Stacey Jones. And if you enjoy this quick look at the great man, you'll just love the full interview. It's episodes 34 and 35 in the library. Here's the little general. Enjoy. Oh, you know, the obvious ones for me, you know, Clayton Freeman and Gary Freeman. Um, but, you know, you had the Tarmides, Mark Graham, Dean Bell, um, you know, the Sorensons, uh, James Lulawai. There's a, a, that 80s team. Um, especially, I think it was around 1985 was my first real memories when they had a real good test series against Australia. Yeah. I think they got beat in 2-1, to one, um, New Zealand won 18-0 in, in 85. And, you know, that was a, a, a very fond memory that, that I have of, of that era. You grew not a whole lot to an impressive <laughs> five foot seven and 82 kilos as an NRL player. Were you the little kid as a junior? Uh, yeah, I was, you know, always fairly small. Yeah. Um, I think five seven's probably pushing it a little bit. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I was always small. Um, you know, I had the luxury of, of having two older brothers um, that were much bigger than me. Uh, so I grew up in a bit of a, you know, a knockabout sort of yeah. a, a group of brothers where, um, you know, I get bashed around a little bit. So yeah. I was fortunate that it gave me a bit of a, a good good upbringing. Was footy just fun or was it a goal? Oh, it was fun. Yeah. You know, um, it was fun. I guess it wasn't really – it was more of a goal when I probably got there. But, yep. look, it was always fun, you know, playing in the back backyard, even just, you know, kicking the ball around by yourself, um, those memories. But, you know, footy was always fun. Early 90s, before you came through, before there was such a thing as the Warriors – what did you think you'd be doing in later life? Uh, yeah, good question. I'm not too sure, actually. Um, yeah, look, my father was always um, um, very pushy towards getting an apprenticeship if you, yep. you know, went to go on and get a degree or anything like that. So I'd imagine I would have you know, probably fallen down down those that path of 
you know, maybe it was a builder or a plumber or electrician. He was massive on pushing you know, his kids towards uh, making sure that we, you know, hadn't, uh, you know, had an apprenticeship or or went on and got a degree. So it probably wasn't going to be a degree. <laughs> <laughs> you played Lion Red Cup in '94, the domestic competition. As a young footballer, the Warriors arrived in New Zealand at the perfect time for a kid with a bit of talent, didn't they? Yeah, it was perfect timing uh, when I look back and the hype around the Warriors coming into the competition because you know, that that early 90s um, period, the game of rugby league took a massive boost in, in New Zealand. Um, it started to uh, – uh, it was more on TV. Sky Sport had just started and, you know, they had, you know, three or four games every weekend on TV and it gave it a massive boost in the hype around the Warriors coming into 95 just sort of really – um, was a cream on the top for the game to to take a, a real boost in this country. April 23, 1995, you make your NRL debut. You came off the bench versus Para in a absolute flogging. I think you got them 40 points to four. What do you recall of your debut? Uh, look, it was, it was back in the time when you only had two fresh reserves. I don't know if you remember that, yeah. Andy. Yeah, so I, I played, um, played reserve grade that day um, previous to – um, all of those rounds, I'd sat on the bench for the, the first grade um, after playing reserve grade, and there was about eight or nine blokes that would sit on the bench. And um, I was fortunate enough to get a run that day. The team were up by um, a fair amount, and I came on the field and I actually stole a try from from Phil Blake. So, uh, yeah, um, memories of that. I, I think I only played about three or four minutes, and then probably the one and only time I went to the blood bin in my whole career. <laughs> Any episode, any time, our interviews never date, never, any of them. Over 500 to choose from. Download the lot and rip in, legends. You were also named co-captain with Kevin Campion. Was that a special honour? What did it mean for you to captain the Warriors? Yeah, it was special um, for me captaining the Warriors. Obviously, uh, playing there as a you know a 19-year-old going through all the all those other years beforehand and then given the opportunity to captain alongside Campo. Um, and we worked really well together. I love captaining the team with Campo. He, you know, we were both never big, big talkers. Yeah. Um, um, you know, we sort of were more what we did with actions, more so Campo. Um, but it was a good balance, yep. um, that group. Um, Campo coming in and coming in and, what he'd achieved in the game, winning premierships with, with Brisbane and going to grand finals with um, St George and that. So, you know, we knew that we had a, a leader there that had, had been there and done that. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it was a really good balance and, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. For me, one of the most underrated players over the last couple of generations, Kevin Campion, I don't think he gets the credit for his impact on the field because, very simply, there was no one tougher and I thought he was a footballer as well. It wasn't just muscle and whack. There was a bit of brilliance amongst it all. Yeah, no, Campo had a lot of finesse. Um, I, I think he used to think he could play in the halves, and he probably could have. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I know you, you say Campo doesn't get the accolades that he deserves, but he certainly, um, in New Zealand, at the Warriors, he's held in, in high esteem. The following season, it just clicked. What was the difference? Uh, I think those um, players that I'd spoken about, um, 
you know, Henry Clinton, Ali, you know, Lance O'Hai had come on the scene then, you know, so we had a good balance and Ivan Cleary to it fullback was probably our, you know, probably the bloke that just kept everything calm yeah. for us. You know, you see what Ivan does now with his coaching. Well, you know, he did that playing for, for us. So um, we had a, you know, we had a good balance of players. We had a tough forward pack, you know, with Jerry, Tooks, Arwen, obviously Campo, Logan, Y, Villa. Um, and, you know, it was probably a period where I was um, able to play my best football. And yep. uh, I had a really good dummy half. You know, I had a PJ Marsh who was, look, he was outstanding. The deliverance that he would give you, um, his craftiness around the ruck, you know. So I think at that time we just had a good balanced team. That was the year the Bulldogs were stripped of their competition points for significant salary cap breaches and significant as in very bold text there. You finished minor premiers and you were grand finalists. Unfortunately, you ran into the Sydney Roosters on grand final day. What a side that was. Yeah. um, They were just cracking red hot. Um, Defensively, they were were a step ahead of everyone else. Um, um, You know, they they just took time away from you. I remember playing against them. I think they beat us by 40. Second to last round of the the season, and then um, yeah, they would they just took away your time. They were aggressive line speed, yep. um, and then obviously they're attacking with with Freddie leading the way um, it was very tough. So mm. the Roosters side in their defence that season did it change the game and how the game was played? I think so. Um, the way that you defend that, and I felt that they, you know, you can't get up every week to yep. defend like that. At some stage, it'll it'll sap you. But you know, they did it for what, three or four years. Yeah. Um, the way they did it, you know, you know, I think two thousand and three, two thousand and four, they make those grand finals. Yep. Um, you know, so um, yeah, they did it for a long period of time, and you know, it was very tough to play against. It was one of the most brutal grand finals I can recall, 6-2 at half time, And then just after the break, you scored a try. That try. Marsh combining with Jones after CU2. You gave them an opportunity. Here's Jones in his space. Jones is inside the 10. Jones scores. New Zealand are level. New Zealand are level. But just have a look at Jones. Dummies to Lauatuti. Steps left. Steps left again. Through the gap. Comes to the fullback Phillips. He's a good defender. Didn't go close to getting him. Avoided the ankle tap from Brad Fittler. He's beaten five or six. Punches the air. And he's ch- a chance for his team to go in front with the conversion. Oh, this is unbelievable. This is one of the best grand final tries you'll ever see. He's beaten five, six, seven players. No one laid a hand on him in the end. What can you recall from that moment? Uh yeah, look, I remember, you know, going in at half time. I felt, you know, we we were right in the game. Um, we were unlucky not to score right on half time. Um, I think it was Justin Murphy was chasing a kick and the ball bounced one way. If it had bounced the other, he would have scored. And then coming in at half time, we, you know, we were feeling pretty good about ourselves. The legends at Pertec are a fabulous sponsor of Andy Raymond Unfiltered and super proud of their Protect range of products. 
Biodegradable and environmentally friendly, the Lanolin range is Australian made too. The Protect range of products is available from the 107 Pertex stores Australia-wide. Check out all the details on their extensive range of Protect products at pertech.com.au. Thanks, Pertech, for your continued support of Unfiltered. After 238 games for the Warriors, you decided to move on. You headed north to France at just 29 years of age. Looking back, was it the right move? Uh, Probably not. Um, Was it the right move to go to France? Yeah, but at that time, maybe not. And I I remember talking to Ivan about it. Ivan was our assistant coach at the time. and um, I told Ivan, I went over and said, oh, look, I'm... um, um, going to France, I've just signed for two years and I said, oh, bugger. Um, you know, I just felt I needed a change um, at the time and Tony Kemp was our coach at the time and I really liked Kempy. Um, um, but Ivan um, was taking over the coaching role the following year yeah. um, and he said, oh, I want you to stay and I said, well, it's too late, I'd signed. And if I'd known Ivan was going to be um, the coach um, probably would have maybe changed my mind just from another a fresh approach really and I knew what Ivan was about um, but you know that move to go to France probably was always going to happen so I, I can't look back and say oh, was that the right or wrong thing to do I, you know I'll always say it was the right thing to do for me and my family at the time however you know if I look back it may have been a little bit different but who knows how hard was it leaving the Warriors, the players, the fans, the friends, and the family? Because it's a huge move. It's a life-changing move. Um, yes and no, but I always knew I was going to come home. Yeah. Um, not play, but I always knew I was going. Auckland was always going to be my home. So I knew I was always going to come back and see everyone. I just felt at the time it was time for me to um, have a change. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time for my career and going and enjoying my footy. Um, at the time, I, I, I wasn't really enjoying it as much as I, I should have been, you know, because like you said at the start of this of our chat was, you know, did you play it for fun? Yeah. And I, I did, you know, and I wasn't enjoying it at that time. Your last match for the club was the final round of the 05 season, a win against Manly, and fittingly, you scored the match-winning try with a few minutes remaining. At full time, however, was it a feeling of emptiness, one of achievement? Were you looking forward to the challenge? What do you recall of that feeling at full time, thinking, shit, this is over? Mm. Yeah. Um, I, I vividly remember um, at Brookvale that night. Um, you know, I, I'm not, not too sure, Andy. You know, what... what you know, I remember Des Hasler coming into the room and, and shaking my hand and saying, well done, you know. I thought that was really needed, Des, to come yes. and do that. Uh, uh, but, yeah, it was probably more of a... Everyone knew what was going on um, at the time that I was, you know, leaving the club, everyone at the Warriors. So, um, yeah, it was just it was just a moment. And just, that was it. The best of Stacey Jones. We hope you enjoyed the full interview as episodes 34 and 35 in our Library of Legends, where none of our interviews or episodes ever date, so you can download the lot, rip in and get amongst the best rugby league talk there is. 
Make sure you come back soon, legends. Legends.